Welcome to Brand Chats. I'm Darby, a brand strategist and content marketer, passionate about turning great businesses into irresistible brands. Each week, we chat about a different element of what makes a standout brand, speaking with industry experts and small business owners who have built a brand that they love and one that their audience loves too. Let's get into today's chat. So today I'm very excited to be welcoming Monique Harding to Brand Chats. Now, Monique is a business success coach, mindset mentor, and therapist who supports service-based business owners, creatives, consultants, and leaders to build CEO psychology, sustainable strategy, and take aligned action in building and scaling their business. Now, I wanted to get Monique on to the show to talk about mindset. I know this is such a common struggle for so many business owners who are trying to build their confidence, get out there, show up for their brand, but something is holding them back. So today we dive into all things mindset, what's going on behind the scenes and how you can really start, you know, treating yourself like the CEO in your business and using CEO psychology to really help you move forward and grow your business. So lots of gold nuggets in this episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to Brand Chats, Monique. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too. I'm super excited to get stuck into it. But why don't we start with your brand story? So do you want to tell me about where it all started and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's a bit of a different story, I think, as to how I, I got into, into coaching. Uh, originally, I actually started out in corporate and kind of worked my way up from school in recruitment, then into HR. I studied at the same time as I was working full-time and ended up with the the big boys in the in the in the boardroom in the mining kind of space traveled around the world doing more kind of org psych leadership development stuff and it just never really felt fully aligned for me and I kind of came to this like pretty pivotal moment blew up that whole side of my career went and became a yoga teacher of all things in LA and eventually traveled back here in Australia, now on the Gold Coast, went to study my my clinical master's um, and then went on to open my own therapy practice. So moved more into the clinical psychology realm, um, built up a multi six-figure private practice. And then over time, it's just evolved more now into kind of blending the two, I guess, right? Like the, yeah. the business side of things that I had back then and now obviously the the therapy business side of things. So now I work with with women in business on all things psychology, strategy, execution to help them scale their businesses and design a a life that they're in love with. Ah, love it. Was there something in particular that made you shift like straight into yoga teaching and take a complete flip? Was there like a specific moment where you were like, no, this is it, I'm done? Or what was that transition like for you? Yeah. So it's really interesting in corporate, like often people think that you would be doing like really meaningful work at a leadership level. And to be honest with you, there was such a a skills gap at the time in the mining space that the majority of my work was just managing sexual harassment claims Mm. and trying to move women out of the workforce who in my eye were victims. So that kind of was the motivation, I guess, to move more into purpose-driven work. 
Um, the yoga teaching was really just more of an escape, I think, to be honest. I'm a bit of a perturber. When things aren't going well, I love a big blow up. Um, mm. So it just kind of felt like it was dramatic enough, I guess, to get me out of that fully. Um, but I think, you know, as we do in life, I kind of found my way back to something was, which was slightly, you know, more familiar to me, which is obviously being in that kind of counselling therapy space. Yeah, of course. And it sounds like that would have been pretty full on what you were experiencing and seeing what women are going through in the corporate world and then being able to flip it around now, helping business owners and yeah. women in general just take control and and live their best life, which I love. So amazing. Now, today I want to talk about mindset because it is a common topic that comes up in my networking circles and with my clients as well, because I think, especially for business owners, it can be really hard to put yourself out there. I mean, I have experienced this myself, but also a lot of people, maybe more so introverts. I don't know. You might have an insight on that, but I think we just all get overwhelmed by the fear, the anxiety, the imposter syndrome, all of the things that really is like such a hard thing to build a personal brand and put yourself out there. So what, like, first of all, what do you think is the main reason why female business owners in particular experience these feelings? Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because I think that there is a huge social context here that is just not spoken about enough. And I don't know if it's because it's not understood enough or if it's just because we live in such a individualized culture in Australia that we tend to personalize everything rather than thinking about things collectively. But when I zoom out, it makes so much sense to me that women experience this so much. Like our society is so patriarchal in so many ways that we are pitted against each other, right? Even this idea of like the sisterhood is really, really new. Like, I don't know vintage wise where you sit. I'm not going to make any assumptions, but I'm a, a late 80s baby and I grew up in like the bitchy era, right? Where, you know, 14, 15, it was difficult through high school, like there was none of this like, you know, girls are all in it together. We're, we're all supporting each other. Like it was more of like this competition kind of mindset. Yeah. And I think from that perspective, that can like that, that social context can really create a lot of fear around being seen, what people might think of us, will we be judged a totally other side of it that I think is really apparent to me and that I, I like to keep in mind in terms of moving through my own emotions around this is just around the fact that imposter syndrome as a label is just such an unhelpful label. It almost makes mm. it sound like, you know, it's a clinical diagnosis <laughs> when <laughs> it's really just something that we all experience. And in any kind of expansion, growth, newness, be it in business or life, we're going to feel a bit of anxiety. Like our brain is actually designed to repel things that are unfamiliar to us. So as soon as it's new, it's like, oh, this feels a bit stretchy. But I think it's it's really about like how do we relate to those emotions and what are the tools or skills or strategies or awareness that we've developed within ourselves to help us move through the emotion without making too much meaning about it. Mm. Yeah, you're so right. The word imposter syndrome, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you need to go to the doctor. Yes. And the language matters, right? Like without you even knowing, like mm. your, your mind categorizes that then in a certain way, it makes it wrong rather than yeah. just something that, okay, yeah, I'm experiencing this because this is new and it's unfamiliar to me. And the feelings are because of that. 
not Mm. something I have to do anything about or do something with. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you were saying about how it is about when you're doing something uncomfortable, how we actually manage that. And I Mm. think since, you know, becoming full-time in my business, I think I've just come across a lot of situations where you're uncomfortable and you're pushing yourself outside of the comfort zone a lot more than back when I was working in an agency and, you know, you don't have to push yourself out of that comfort zone as much. And that's just my experience. But I guess that's why maybe someone in my position might, you know, when they're just starting out and trying to put themselves out there, it can become quite overwhelming if they don't have the tools to support them, I guess. Well, and I think even then, still overwhelming. (laughs) Let's just normalize it because I I honestly believe that the mindset piece, the psychology piece is lifelong work. Like Mm. it is a total misconception that people at multi-six, seven-figure level that might have been in business for 20 years still don't have those little niggles of fear that come in. And to be honest, if they do, then they're not stretching themselves enough because maybe that means that they could be impacting even more people or on a greater scale or be, you know, trying out new things. Perhaps their comfort zone has become like so incredible that they're kind of sitting within it. Um, yeah. yeah, it's such an interest, an interesting thing. Entrepreneurship is so bad for your nervous system. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I love all of this. I think mindset is one of my favorite topics to dive into with personal development because you're right, it's it's something that's going to be with you for life in terms of all the things that you need to deal with mentally. Um, wow. So yeah, I love this topic and I'm excited to dive into it. <laughs> so if we have a business owner listening who is really lacking the confidence right now to put themselves out there and push themselves and manage their mindset. Do you have anything that's coming to mind in terms of where they can start? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because even I think about, so in my therapy practice, people will come in and they will say they want a strategy or they want a tool. No one wants a tool. No one wants a tip. No one needs a strategy. They need to think differently quite frankly, because when you think differently, you problem solve differently. When you think differently, you experience different emotions. It's like your behaviors start to change. Like your whole world is different. So the fear doesn't become such um, so much of an issue. And so what I would say to that is the, the first thing I think is a mindset shift around you don't need to overcome the fear. It's never about the fear going away. The fear is not going to go away. That's a primal instinct within us. Like we want a bit of fear. I think it's often about knowing, okay, well, has that fear kind of smoke alarm, to use a bit of a metaphor, gone off in my mind because I've burnt the toast or because my house is about to burn down? Mm. And knowing the difference between the two because then we can almost develop a bit of a dialogue and I'm sounding like I'm a bit of a mentally insane person here, but I promise that this stuff actually works, but you can develop a dialogue with that part of yourself. When we think about ourselves in totality as this like universal human being that's paralyzed in in fear, then of course we're not going to be able to move forward. Whereas if we can almost like compartmentalize the fear part as to what exactly it's around, where has it come from, where did that originate? What is it most scared of? You can often then figure out, okay, well, how can I 
bring that fear part with me on the journey, not necessarily make it go away, but just manage it enough that I can still start to take some small steps forward. And often business owners that I'm working with that are earlier on in their journey, strategies such as, you know, chunking things down will work really beautifully when they're in that fear paralysis kind of state, because it might be that they have attached too much to the big picture of what it has to look like in terms of, I don't know, launching uh, a new offering when really the thing that they need to do today is just write the first line of copy for the the post that they're about to to pop up on Instagram yeah. or it's record the first bit of a reel. They don't even need to post it. We're not there yet. So mm. chunking it down can really help as like almost a bit of a, um like an exposure therapy kind of process because it signals to the brain then that you're safe. I love what you were saying in terms of fear is always going to be with us yeah. <laughs> and understanding the why, because I can, you know, assume that everyone has a different why behind the feelings mm-hmm. that they have and experiences. And it's probably something that you need to go deeper on one-on-one rather than, you know, what is everyone doing right now to help manage their fear? It's not a, you know, a solution that's going to fix everyone. Do you find that when you're speaking to people that it helps when they go into their unique experience? Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's so personalized, isn't it? Like I think about fear as being unfamiliarity. Like it shows up for me when things are unfamiliar, when they're new, and it will also show up when I might be triggered by a I don't know particular historical experience that I've had, which that's going to be really personalized, right? So there's one part that's super universal, which I think is just the mindset shift of almost like going through that process of, oh, okay, like that's here because I haven't done that much of this before. I'm going to learn through moving through it. And then it's also really important to dive deep into that self-awareness, that self-exploration piece of figuring out what activates me, why, how can I change my relationship to that activation? How do I, how can I soothe the activation um, and shift the language around it as you do it? And that can be really hard to do on your own, if I'm honest. Like it's, I mean, people journal and you can find prompts and there's great free re- resources on the internet, but ultimately, you know, working with somebody one-on-one or in a mastermind is always going to be, you know, supportive to take yourself to that, that next level of being able to relate to this stuff differently. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've chatted with a coach about mindset before, and, you know, I used to have a lot of stress around showing up on social media and stories and talking to camera and all of this. And then, yeah, we kept nutting through like, why, like, why do you have that fear Mm. and the why, why, why behind all of it? And then getting to, you know, thoughts that maybe I had about other people, you know, a couple of years back and then trying to figure out, you know, why, why you're so attached to certain things. So it is Mm. a really interesting experience. Well, it was for me when I went deeper into what was going on. And from there, it becomes so much easier to get the confidence back when you understand why you have those feelings and how unnecessary some of them are, like the overthinking. (laughs) Yeah. Our feelings are just such a inaccurate guide, like to use in order to decide like what's best to move forward because often like they're so interconnected with our past and what's familiar to us like I really believe that 
everyone should be taught like basic understandings of the mechanics of the brain because when you understand just how primarily focused our brains are to keep us safe and that they really could not care less whether we're happy or not, then you understand why these things like fear, anxiety, like feel so paralyzing to us because it's almost like our brain misinterpreting a situation as unsafe when really it's just new or unfamiliar and it doesn't doesn't 100% know what to do. Mm, yes, something we need to learn from a younger age, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> yes, yes. So you talk a lot about CEO psychology and I'm really intrigued as to what that means. Are you able to share a bit more about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. So it kind of interconnects with um, everything that we've been talking about so far, but CEO psychology is is part of the the framework in which I, I coach my clients. So part one, really, I guess it's the foundation, I believe, of everything that we do in life and business, because without the the right psychology, belief systems, identity, our mind's naturally going to dismiss things as not being important. You know, that classic example that people give of the phenomena where you decide you want to buy a new car and then you see that car everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a fundamental attribution error, I think is the like nerdy, <laughs> correct psychology name that no one cares about listening to this. Um, but it's actually a thing in our mind, right? Your mind goes where you focus it. And so I always start with that piece because unless we're anchored into the identity of who is the person that is going to execute that strategy, who is the person that is going to earn that financial figure that you have as your goal, then we will encounter so many roadblocks from a mindset perspective along the way. And whilst I still have, you know, three uh, pillars, I guess, to the framework in which I work with people, so CEO psychology, sustainable strategy and aligned action, the psychology really drives the other two. Because when you deeply know yourself, you have that deep sense of self-knowing, when you have that self-trust, when you have strong self-leadership, so showing up for yourself, no matter what, regardless of the fear, if you've committed to it, you follow it through in a small way, then that allows you to figure out what is the best strategy for you. So we almost become a little bit more customized, personalized in the way that we run our businesses, which I think then inevitably becomes more sustainable. So it's kind of a bit of a mix of like the intrapsychic, more self-examining kind of work, which is what you were speaking to before of like, why, 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 and exploring a bit of the past and figuring out activation and what's coming up in the moment, leaning into energy. And it's also about like practices to support you to stay really strong in your mindset. And I guess ultimately to anchor into helpful mindset as well, like things that are actually going to get you to where you want to go, which is of course, like, you know, what we all want, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when I think of CEOs, I think of like people who are really confident and like self-aware, I guess a lot of what you're saying comes back to the self-awareness piece and being able to manage that. Absolutely. Because without the self-awareness, then 
what are you what are you doing from a mindset perspective? You're really just like pulling a personal development book off the shelf and trying to apply somebody else's philosophy to your life. And a lot of the women I know that come in and see me, like they're really fatigued by the online personal development world. And I think probably that's where what they're they're seeking is maybe that like deeper level of connection with their business, that deeper level of exploring what the next moves are for them rather than someone just telling them that they should be doing steps one to five in order to have a a six-figure launch Mm. Um, because it's just not feeling congruent and they end up burning out and they're working lots of hours and not with their families and um, it's just like a bit of an impossible cocktail really. Um, I think it's funny though, like with, and I don't know if if you found this as well, but when I first started working for myself, I noticed that it was very easy for me to not show up for things. Like, and I think that's probably where this grew out of and the name essentially. Because if you're the CEO of the business, like you're showing up to that meeting, like you're doing the task. You're not sitting there going, oh, well, what's Samantha down the road going to think of me if I write this press release? Like you're in the action and then you're dealing with whatever little perturbing factors happen after um and I don't know often the 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 people I coach they really surprise themselves when they they show up consistently I think there's a lot of power in that confidence coming from self-knowing and action yeah and trusting in yourself as well like I this year have started to implement a few things in my business which I would call a bit more CEO mindset focused but even even you know both of us are a part of One Roof community yes. and every Monday they have a power up where, you know, anyone in a membership can come and join and just meet new business owners and, you know, talk about specific problems in their business. And I always walk away from those conversations feeling really inspired, but it takes a lot of effort to actually show up for those yeah. meetings because Mondays are sometimes crazy, but also sometimes you just want to get your work done and not have to turn the camera on and have that conversation. So I just have to say to myself, come on, Darby, this is going to be great. Yeah, <laughs> And it always yeah. is. I always feel great afterwards. And it's something that I want to do to grow my business, but something that often like last year, I was like, oh, I'm too busy. I don't know about this, but now it's kind of pushing yourself because you know, it's the right move forward for you. And also your mindset, because I always feel positive after that experience. <laughs> yes. And how good as well, because it's like you change your identity in showing up to that every Monday. It's like now you've become someone who is, you know, confident to speak in that kind of setting. Like that's an intimidating setting for a lot of people. It's quite exposing, right? Um, So I just think that that is so awesome. It's just often, you know, particularly earlier stages of business, we tend to go a bit too broad, don't we? It's like, oh, I need Mm. to be more confident. It feels like such a big thing. Whereas mm. if you just narrowed it down to I need to be more confident in this one small thing and I'm going to do that by showing up to the Monday meeting every Monday, you'll be surprised at how different you'll feel over time. It's that consistency. It creates some shifts. Totally. And I love the word consistency. I always talk about consistency with my clients from a brand perspective and how you know how much trust that builds with your audience when you can yeah. be consistent and how how much that can rub off on your audience as well. And totally the same with mindset and everything. I think 
when you are a CEO in your business, being able to put yourself first and just be consistent with what you're doing to reach your goals. So important. Yeah, absolutely. So a question I ask all of my guests is what are your favorite brands at the moment? Any up and coming favorites or classic brands that you've always loved? Oh, I didn't want to, I don't want to go like all generic on you. And use That's the okay. brand that probably everybody uses. There's two brands in particular that I really love that are both female owned. Um, one of them, I think all your listeners will know, um, but I am obsessed with the women's media brand Mamma Mia. I'm obsessed yeah. with everything it represents for women and girls in the world and its feminist values. So awesome. Um, the other one is a product-based business, Gentle Habits. Um, they have a product called This Is Incense. And okay. the way they sell incense is just so, so cool. Their brand story is amazing. They create rituals around all of the incense with playlists. Like It's like a full immersive sensory experience. And I just think that's like a really different way to pitch that kind of product. Mm. Um yeah, so they'd probably awesome. be, be my two. Awesome. I'll have to check them out. I think that's a really creative way for incense as well because it's another sense that you can't really yeah. experience, you know, as well through online yeah. channels. So I'm interested to see what they're doing because, yeah, anything that can create a three-dimensional experience um, is really interesting to me because brands are, you know, Humanizing them is so important. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. They name all of their incense by different places as well. So like Tasmania is all like woody and earthy and nice to <sighs> burn in the winter. There's like Byron Bay, Bells Beach. Um, yeah, all different, all different scents. So it's pretty oh, cool. Check it out. So good. So good. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> so do you want to tell us what's coming up for you and your business and where everyone can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So best place to find me is over on Instagram. I am in my DMs daily at Monique Harding underscore. And exciting year, actually, this year, I have a free two-day event coming up, which is called Word of Mouth Business. It's happening in April, and it is all about simplifying your marketing and your sales practices and building a fully booked, wildly profitable business all through connection and relationships. So kind of what we've been speaking about today in terms of personalizing your business to your strengths. And I guess the, the, the way that, um, the way that you want to engage with your ideal customer. So I would love if you would follow along and come along to that. Beautiful. I will pop the links to that in the show notes. So everyone can check that out. And thank you so much, Monique, for coming on today, talking about all of these important things that I think everyone experiences, no matter what point in their business journey they're in. And I hope, and I know that my listeners would have some tips and tricks to help them even just think a bit deeper about what's going on behind the scenes and to be able to manage all of the emotions that come their way in the world of business. So thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Darby. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Brand Chats. I'd love you to come over and say hey on Instagram at Darby Linden and leave a review on iTunes if you enjoyed the chat today. 
If you're interested in working with me in 2023, please jump onto my website and get in touch there. At the moment, there are three key ways to work with me. My signature one-on-one brand strategy projects for those of you who are ready to make big changes to your brand to see even bigger results this year. My brand therapy sessions for those of you who want to tackle a certain problem within your branding and marketing. Or you can work with me ongoing as your brand manager if you're ready to outsource completely. Thanks again, and I will chat to you in the next episode.